How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload and relationships to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast Series Squad, the show where we draft teams like we're the general manager. The only catch? That very specific draft pool we're working from. It's Tuesday, May 12th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us from their high-tech conference rooms, we got Tass, we got Trey, we got Lee, and we got super producer J.D. Before we get to drafting, gentlemen, a few friendly reminders. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach tomorrow, so get those cues in. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Inc. Lee, do you have anyone special lined up for this Thursday's Poppin' Packs? Oh, you bet you I do. He's a big name, a big, big name. You want to tune in for this one for sure. Interesting. I hear you betcha, and I just start thinking... Jared Greenberg. Oh, oh he's man. bigger than Jared Greenberg, I tell you. No, no, oh no disrespect to Jared Greenberg, but this guy is a monster in his field. A monster. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for Thursday. You guys know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And yesterday we dropped two new podcasts for you. Yes, on Monday, our last dance recap, breaking down the latest two episodes of the hit MJ documentary, And a little bit later in the day, we had an NBA News Roundup podcast where we went pretty heavy discussing Adam Silver's call with the Players Association. So go check out those Monday podcasts. But today, it's the return of squad. And our theme today, guys, comes from No Dunks fan Jake, who emailed in, Hey, No Dunks fam, watching The Last Dance these past few weeks has really made me as nostalgic about the late 90s. Some of the things I immediately think of during that time included pogs and Discman <laughs> players and boy bands and, and so many other things, baggy jeans. I'm curious to know, what are some of the things you remember most and what you miss or don't miss from that time period? Again, that was from Jake. A great question. An even better squad idea. So today we're going to find out who can build the best 1990s time capsule. And by the way, everyone's time capsule has to be a caboodle. Okay? <laughs> We're locking that in. It's going Shout in. Shout out to Plano, Illinois, the birthplace of the caboodle. Amazing. I can't believe there's actually a Plano, Illinois reference that makes sense right now. <laughs> I love it. All right. As always with Squad, we have five different categories to draft. In the first round, we'll be drafting a 90s People magazine cover. And this is to represent, really, your favorite or most notable celebrity from the decade, okay? A 90s People magazine cover. In the second round, we'll be drafting a 90s one-hit wonder. Yeah, we're placing that CD single, maybe you still have it on tape, into the time capsule. So we're looking for, uh, obviously, the artist and the song, a one-hit wonder. In the third round, we'll be drafting a 90s pop culture fad. Now, this is our, uh, our broadest category. Your fad might be a form of 90s technology, could be a 90s toy, maybe a 90s fashion trend, whatever. Looking for one pop culture fad from the decade. 
In the fourth round, we'll be drafting a 90s VHS movie. All right, shout out to uh, Blockbuster, baby. Maybe Jumbo Video. Um, and then in the fifth and final round, we'll be drafting a 90s NBA jersey. So we're looking for a retro jersey, but it wasn't retro at the time. You know, it was, uh, it was an actual 90s NBA jersey. I think you should uh, get a little specific with this too. You know, what, what number and player of that particular jersey you want. Any questions with those categories? Sounds mm-hmm. great. Okay, great. We'll each have an opportunity to pick first overall in one of the five rounds. Those are the no dunks rules. So draft hard guys, discuss your selections. You can feel free to offer up trades. And remember that the listeners out there, the no dunks fans, will ultimately decide who has built the best 90s time capsule. We let a list randomizer determine the draft order. And JD, my man, you won the first overall pick in the 90s People magazine category. Wow, it's so exciting. First of all, a hearty f*** you to People Magazine because, God damn it, it's so hard to find those covers. I mean, yes. you can't find them on the internet. It's just to archive them, guys. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one time you're looking for a People's Magazine cover and you can't find it. I know, Crazy. Right? Just it's, go to the local dentist office. I think they have an entire collection of them. They're all there. But anyways, with the first pick... In the, uh, with for the 90s People magazine cover. I am going with December 29th, 1997. It's a cheat, yes. It's the annual double holiday issue. The 25 most intriguing people of 1997. Guys, oh, listen to this boo. list. Oh, what? Okay. Come on now. This is is this this is what it is. This is the cover. This is the 25 most intriguing people of 1997 and it screams 90s. We okay. got Tommy Hilfiger. You got <laughs> JFK Jr. The nation oh, yeah. was fascinated with JFK Jr. Oh, yeah. for the entire 90s till his yep. tragic death in 1999. We got Kathy Lee Gifford. She found out Frank was cheating on her. Oh. We got Bill Clinton, famous, of course, for ruining the life of a White House intern. We got Lucy Lawless. That's Xena. We got Drew Carey. Julia Roberts, Leonardo DiCaprio, who was in a little film called Titanic that year. We got Ooh. Ellen DeGeneres, Lee. She came out yep. that year. Sure Beck, did. Jewel, Michael Moore, Princess Di, died that year. And Elton John, who, of course, rewrote Candle in the Wind for Lady Di's funeral. And finally, Dolly the Sheep, the first mammal cloned <laughs> from an oh, a- adult wow. somatic cell. <laughs> December 29th, 1997, double issue. 25 most intriguing people of 1997. That's my pick. Oh, this is interesting. So does that mean none of us can take any of those people that JD just named? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I love that, though. Okay, wow. You really just, you wanted the best of the best there. Yeah, well, they were, want, they, so it, they're all pictured on the cover? Well, okay, no, I'm cheating there, too. Ooh. So you got Princess Die. I think you have Drew Carey. And you have Julia Roberts and Leonardo DiCaprio. So okay. You, okay. You, can you still pick them? I don't know. Yeah, I say, I, th- no. I say yes. I, I say no. Okay, I all right. No. <laughs> it's good to okay. be first, guys. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You got the <laughs> he did the, uh, the entire board. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go with 1999, December 31st, and just wipe out the entire decade. <laughs> decade. <laughs> okay, JD takes a, a controversial uh, number one selection there, but I'm up next with the second pick in the People magazine cover. I'm going to take July 1996 cover of People Magazine with that handsome-looking Will Smith. Oh, nice cover. Yes, that is my celebrity from the 90s. 
obviously a star on Fresh Prince of Bel Air for you know basically half the decade at the start of the decade into like '96 or something like that, and then became a became a movie star in the mid '90s. I mean, he landed his first major role in Six Degrees of Separation. Okay, that, that was a drama, got him off and running. In 1995, he was in the action flick Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence. That blew up. You know, critics didn't love it, but it did crazy good numbers at the box office. In 1996, he's in Independence Day. At the time, the second highest grossing film in history. And in the summer of 97, he was in Men in Black. Closed out the decade by uh, starring in Enemy of the State and then Wild Wild West. Which is so funny. <laughs> and I note that because he, you know, famously, I guess, turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix for Wild Wild West. Oof. I mean, you met, I mean, Oof. it would have been a totally different movie. And uh, even Will Smith is on record saying, I'm glad it was. You mean uh, if uh, Keanu was in Wild Wild West, it'd be way <laughs> yes. different. I can't yes. even imagine it. It'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. But like, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, and then imagine you then also threw in The Matrix there. Like, wow. holy crap, what a run. So I'm taking Will Smith as my celebrity of the 90s. And, you know, he's got that handsome mustache on that cover in 96. So he's off no. the board. No wonder Kobe Bryant wanted to be bigger than Will Smith, you know, because when Kobe <laughs> right. got, when he got drafted, that's what he said. He wanted to be better than Jordan and bigger than Will Smith. So, you know, and I'm not even like halfway there, I'm, I guess. I'm not even bringing up his obviously it was at that point flourishing um, music career oh, by yeah. himself, you know, without without DJ Jazzy Jeff really. So uh, yeah. yeah, that was just his TV and, and movie. I mean, huge, huge, just blew up in the '90s. So Will Smith, July '96 cover gone. Trey, you have the third pick. All right, I'm going to take it back a little earlier than Will Smith. Give me the January 1995 cover, Brad Pitt, The Sexiest <laughs> Man Alive. Yeah. Yep, yep. This is quite the 90s look from Brad Pitt as well. He's got the long, flowing, beautiful hair as we were kind of all introduced to him. He's got the goatee, which somehow Brad Pitt makes look good. It's a tough move to pull off, but when you got hair like that, I guess it doesn't matter what's on your face. This is early Pit too. I don't even think Seven was out at this point. Twelve Monkeys would come out later in the year, so you're talking about true romance. You're talking about A River Runs Through It, and of course, Thelma and Louise. Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. I mean, he was still major uh, circa 2000s. He's still getting nominated in 2020, but uh, 1995 Brad Pitt, still one of the first Pitts I think of. <laughs> yes okay that, that's just not a not not a surprise i think that uh pitt definitely gets selected you know it's it's got to be pitt or Clooney, right you know one of those handsome or maybe a richard gear i guess was pretty hot back in the day uh tess you got the fourth pick here with the fourth pick i'm also taking someone who is super sexy but super sexy in a different way i'm taking michael bolton this is December 7th, 1992. And the cover of that one specifically is Bolton with the long, long, long locks that would blow in the wind. And it's a creepy looking face as he looks dead into the camera. Now, it kind of symbolizes the 90s for me because although I think Michael Bolton's a handsome man, he's not a classically handsome man. And... Uh, it kind of symbolizes that anything goes in the 1990s. Anything can be cool. I, I don't think Michael Bolton is classically cool either, but uh, I think it's a good life lesson I'm, I'm sending out to the kids. No matter what something looks like on the outside, it can be good and not good. It can be great on the inside. And uh, Michael Bolton at the beginning of the 90s was all over the airwaves with when a man loves a woman and uh, that kind of thing. And 
one other thing I found out I didn't realize about Michael Bolton, who is definitely a two-name man. You can't call him Michael. Yeah, you can't yeah. call him Bolton. No. Uh, his actual, <laughs> his family name is Michael Bolotin, B-O-L-O-T-I-N. Oh. But it got anglicized, to, uh, and he, he decided to go with Bolton. Good move, I think. And, yeah, I uh, think so, too. <laughs> and now he's, uh, he's chilling in his 60s. And he probably looks the exact same as he did in the 90s. Kind of oldie, kind of creepy, but sexy all at the same time. So I'm taking Michael Bolton. I remember when Bolton came back into uh, pop culture with the Lonely Island guys, right? The Saturday Night Live. Um, This -hmm. is the song of Captain Jack Sparrow, right? I love that song Michael Bolton is a major cinephile. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. I can remember driving around listening to Time, Love, and Tenderness on 93.9. <laughs> Sally Kirby Classic. <laughs> okay, I didn't see Bolton being selected. That was a shocker there at the fourth pick. All right, Lee, you have the final pick in the People Magazine category. With the fifth pick in the People Magazine cover category, I'm also going with a musician who's got fantastic hair, huge in the 90s. I'm going November 22, 1993, at home with Mariah Carey. She's a music sensation at 24, but is her secret in her pipes or her dream marriage to the most powerful man in music, Tommy Mottola? Because at the time, I was a huge Mariah Carey fan, and I was so jealous of Tommy Mottola, I wanted to fight him. 17-year-old me wanted to fight the shit out of Tommy Mottola because... I was like, hang on, that's just her boss. So he's just taking yeah. advantage of her. And then, what's Mariah Carey's most famous song, maybe, of all time? Hmm. Dream Lover? Well, no, I'm thinking no. All, all I Want for Christmas is You, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 good point. Guess who Santa Claus is in that video? <laughs> Tommy. Michael Bolton. Tommy Arsol Matola. I could not believe it. I had Mariah's first album. I had Emotions, uh, Dream Box, uh, Music Box, I think it was this one. I got um, Daydream. Uh, what was that one? 95? Daydream. <laughs> wow, or big fan. Oh, I know, I know. I've forgotten now, but oh, man. I could not believe Tommy Matola scooped me to Mariah Carey. It was crazy. So I still love Mariah, though. She went off the rails a bit, but she, she oh, yeah. bounced back somewhat. But yeah, I saw her. I remember last year. She was great. It was great to see her. So Mariah you were just was too really... young for her back in I the was. day. Lee. You're uh, still that... too young for her, I think. That's the only only thing that's stopping us from being together i think <laughs> age. age i mean so so you said mariah was married that was her boss right he was yes yeah. he yeah. was at the time i think considered you know one of the top music men in the entire music Tommy industry Boy records right Is that yeah, uh, well sony music he was at the time mm. um okay. he was the boss of sony music i think he then made you know matola music brand or something his own oh, okay. but um yeah but yeah Man, when it's a real Celine up, Dion situation. Oh, her, it is, it is, man. Rene, was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, but when he turned up as Santa Claus, I was like, I can't believe this, man. I, I mean, you're rubbing it in my face, <laughs> that, Tommy. That's where you draw the line. I did. I did. <laughs> um, okay, interesting picks all around. Before we move on, guys, um, I, I wanted to maybe play a little trivia with you because in 2014, you're right, JD, it was tough finding covers of People magazines. Um, they should really have a, a, a good... Uh, archival database yeah. but in 2014 people magazine celebrate celebrated 40 years of publication and they at the time counted up who had appeared on the cover the most which celebrities had appeared Ooh. on the most mm. so i was thinking we could do a little um you know a little trivia here could you guys get to naming the top 10 and some of them have been thrown out there i mean jd picked 100 of them so uh, some of them <laughs> been thrown out there. but but let's see if you guys can do it the top 10 
In 2014, when they were celebrating 40 years, um, people that have appeared on People Magazine the most, celebrities. Uh, Princess Leonardo. Diana, for sure. No. Princess Diana, by a mile, 55 yeah. times Wow! at that point. Yep. Uh, Leonardo? No, but <laughs> someone, um, someone very similar. It's, D- it was Donatello. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's Brad tied Pitt. for second. Uh, big um, oh, right. yeah, How about uh, uh, Julia Roberts? Yes, yeah. Julia Roberts, 25 times. Madonna. Uh, no, no Madonna. Oh, Jennifer oh. Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, which I'm surprised nobody took. Um, yeah. I thought America's Celebrity Sweetheart would be selected there, but yes, she was tied with Julia Roberts. A mm. uh, couple more. Donald Trump. Nope. nope. George Clooney. No Clooney. Oh, that was Clooney. Little, That's surprising. Yeah, yeah. but Cindy another. Crawford. No. What about uh, William, Prince William? Okay, Prince William, 29 times. Ooh, good Stick one. with the royal family. Uh, uh, Charles. And no, Camilla, no. no, I'm uh, actually surprised by 2014 she would have appeared Kate this Middleton. Week. That's right, Kate Middleton, wow. 26 times. Wow. And then you got, you've got, um, <laughs> you got one sort of a oh, very, I mean, still around, famous 90s actress, and then two musicians, and then one more actor that oh. you guys have a name. Um, Cameron Diaz? No, no. Demi Moore. No. Ooh, Sandra uh, Bullock. No. How about Helen Hunt? Uh, Drew Halle Barrymore. B. Damn it. Sorry, who did you say, Tass? Halle Berry. No, and no Drew Barrymore. Um, you got to think of another tie to Brad Pitt. Gwyneth Paltrow. Angelina Jolie. Thank you, Tass. Angelina Ooh, Jolie, nice. 26 times. One. And then two musicians that nobody um, has named. Hmm. Prince? They're pretty off. No, no. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Michael Jackson, yep. And one more. Axel Rose. Uh, no, it's a female artist. Mm, Whitney Houston. Mm, nope. Uh, Madonna. Nope. Spice Girls Collective. N- nope. Michael Janet Jackson. Nope. <laughs> uh, Mariah. No. Hmm. Guys, I mean, she's in the news right now with her Instagram videos. Brittany. Brittany, baby. Uh, oh, yes, it's Brittany, bitch. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Okay. Oh, she put well, them on there at the end. Speaking of music, let's go to the second round, the second category. It's One Hit Wonder. And uh, before I make my selection, I have the first pick. I just want to shout out to all my Columbia House homies out there, getting your 12 <laughs> CDs for the price of one, and then locked in for life. Um, this was very difficult. Uh, I had a few in the running here. I don't care if I'm ultimately giving them away. I thought about Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Ah. Mm. Uh, Came out right at the start of the decade. It was in the running. Ultimately passed on it. Even though, of course, that's a hell of a one-hit wonder. Then there's like classics like the Macarena and I'm Too Sexy, but I just hate those songs, so I'm not yeah. picking them. Um, so instead, I'm going to drink a whiskey drink, and I'm going to drink a vodka <laughs> drink, and I'm going to drink a lager drink, and then we'll drink a cider drink. I'm going with 1997's Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Because, and here's what. In my opinion, the ultimate one-hit wonder is a song that I know absolutely nothing else about it besides, you know, those earworm lyrics and melody. Who the hell is Chumbawamba? I honestly don't know to this day. Is it one guy? Is it a band? If it's a band, how many people are in the band? Where are they from? I assume they're British, but are they from Scotland? Are they Scandinavian? I don't know. What was the name of their album? I'm guessing it was Tub Thumping? I have no clue. Why is the song called Tub Thumping? Why isn't it called I Get Knocked Down? No one knows. What the hell does Chumbawamba mean? 
I know nothing about this, this again, artist, band, whoever the hell it is, except this song. And that, to me, is sort of the perfect one-hit wonder. It was here. It's a damn catchy song. Uh, <laughs> oh, Danny Boy. Everybody knows that part. And that's it. So that's why I ultimately went with it. Even though the song, it sucks. <laughs> but most one-hit wonders, in a weird way, sort of suck. You're just like, you just get wrapped up in it because it's so damn catchy. Mm. So that's all my reasoning for that, gentlemen. Mm. I, uh, so, I think it's a tremendous choice. I think that it comes to mind. When you say one-hit wonder from the 90s, oh. I mean, Tub Thumping's right up there. It's, uh, it's crazy. So, Lee, they are, they are British, right? As far as I know, they were British, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I lived in England for six years, and I n- didn't hear one single person talk about anything else other than Tub Thumping as a song. I know. So, and they were <laughs> together. Amazing. They were together for, like, 30 years. <laughs> like What? Yeah. Um, so I saw a comment on a, a YouTube video that said, Chumbawamba, the only UK band not to lose their accent while singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, sort of true. All right, so that's off the board here. Uh, Trey, you have the second pick. Skeets, you mentioned my song that I'm going to choose as one of your songs that you don't like to listen to. And that, to me, is the definition of a one-hit wonder. For some reason, it was popular, and you can't remember why. I'm going with 1991's I'm Too Sexy. Oh, right? yeah. Fred. Fred. <laughs> now, Lee, I know you're going to tell me they had a second hit. <laughs> but you're the only person who remembers the second hit. Here's well, a list of things that yeah. Wright said Fred is too sexy for. Okay. My love, my shirt, Milan, New York, Japan, your party, my car, my hat, my cat. And in an incredible twist too sexy for this song and it's over just like that yeah good ending strong ending yeah very strong ending you know the thing is it's actually more than just one other song they had don't talk just kiss (laughs) and they had deeply dippy deeply (laughs) dippy i mean lee is right i I hate to agree with lee but he is right he's right don't talk just kiss banger (laughs) i'm so glad i'm so glad you picked that trey that was great it's a great pick i I was i was living in london when they came out and again as as Lee was talking about uh, uh, tub thumping, it's, it was the same thing. They were obsessed with that song. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> oh, the, uh, oh, the, yeah. the, the great the classic the video. Like, they're just walking down the street, people tearing their shirts and hats off. Their shirts are tiny to begin with, and the guys. I mean, I don't mean to judge. Not that sexy. No, uh, they're pretty sexy though. No, they're not, man. Not <laughs> no, they they're dippier than sexy, if you're asking me. Maybe Deeply Dippy should have been the hit. Oh, that's a great pick. Okay, I'm Too Sexy is gone. Tassie, you have the third pick. Is it going to be a Bolton? No, it can't be a Bolton. He has too many songs. With the third pick, I'm choosing Here Comes the Hot Stepper by Eni Kamal. Oh, yeah. That's a classic Tassie. Yeah, and it's... Uh... It still lives to this day. People still will hum it, sing it. Uh, I don't think of it as a 90s one-hit wonder, really, because I think it's timeless. And um, I picked it also because I figured it, it, it stands out 
in terms of the way it sounds. You know, it's hip-hop, it's reggae-ish, yeah. and I think it would be different than everybody else's pick. So uh, shout-out to my man, Eni Kamozi. He had a one-e hit, and this is it. One-e Kamozi, here comes the hot stepper, murderer. It still yeah. kills a dance floor. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. No I doubt. mean, you throw that on people, especially Tess, as we've seen multiple times. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to get people out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the crew in the area, it'll, it'll get them going. Uh, everybody's a lyrical gangsta as soon as that song comes on. It makes everybody feel great. How do you hot step? Mm. You know, here comes the hot stepper. What is your move? For me, I'm just like, you know, almost Deion Sanders high knees the yeah. entire time this song comes on. Yeah, I'm pretty close to that. I'm hopping on one leg while dropping my other toe to the floor <laughs> as yep. I jump side to side like a bit of a hippity hop. That's a great great description of what you do to that song, Taz. That's exactly right. Oh, I love it. Ta- uh, Lee, were you a fan of that song? Oh, yeah. I loved yeah. it. That was when I just started hitting nightclubs. So, uh, yeah. No, I didn't oh, I didn't man. know the lyrics at all, but you just sort of sung as if you did, you know, because you was like, what's he saying? I'm not sure. But we're pretty of- sure Taz is the only one to know actually all yeah, the lyrics to yeah. that song. Well, I was actually living in London at the time this came out and that's all anybody can talk about is any commotions here come the hot stepper although I did know that bit where it was uh, touch him up and go uh oh chang chang that was the only bit that I really knew <laughs> you're right because most people will say chicha ching ching but you're yeah. correct it is chicha chang chang that's right chang chang yeah alright Lee you have the fourth pick in the one hit wonder category with the fourth pick in the one-hit wonder category, I'm going with a song that I absolutely love still. I loved it at the time. It's from, as on Wikipedia, they're described as a hard rock supergroup. Don't agree with that, but that's what they're listed at. <laughs> okay. It's from Mr. Big. It's from 1992. It's To Be With You. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. that was a classic song. Um, and I really so badly wanted them to be good and have another song. And they covered... Cat Stevens' um, Wild World did an okay job of it, but it was like, man, you're covering that song as your next big hit. Uh, that's That tells me that the cabinet's a little bare after To Be With You. I think you struck gold. It was great. Everyone loved it. And it's still, I think it's still good today. I think it's still fun to listen to. But, uh, yeah, they, they flamed out pretty quickly, unfortunately, after that. So Here, yeah. One problem with that, Lee, they didn't flame out in Japan. <laughs> they, they were really, really popular. I, no, they're one of like the um, one of the examples that always comes up of like the big in Japan phenomenon. I remember right. it was Mr. Big, um, like flamed out quickly everywhere yeah. else, but sort of maintained some popularity in, yeah. in Japan. I guess that's <laughs> like David smart. Hasselhoff in Germany. He's really popular yeah. out there, yeah. but nowhere else. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you look at that, when you look back at the video for "To Be with You," classic '90s. Everyone's got the big long hair. Just yeah. sitting around playing the guitar, clapping, singing along, having a great time. You might think that's Poison or Skid Row or even Bon Jovi. You know, they all look the same. But uh, unfortunately, uh, that was it. But hey, you know what? If you're going to have a banger, have a great one like that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I do remember all that hair. How many Mr. Biggers were there? There's a lot. Well, there, yeah, I don't know. I, there was probably only three or four, but it may, maybe in the video it looked like there was like six or seven. There was a lot of guys just hanging around, I think. And there's, there a, there's a four. Miz in there as well, right? A, a Miz <laughs> Big, no? Uh, I don't remember. Uh-huh. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a Miz. I mean, okay, so... I, 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 oh, maybe I'm, not, yeah. 
on Google, there's only four of them in the yeah. in the sort of group photo. But yeah, definitely in the video, you you know sort of were led to believe there was probably a few extras there. But, well, uh, JD, what'd you think <laughs> of Mr. Big? Uh, I mean, uh, the song I love. I love that okay. song. Is it? How many key changes are in that song? Do you guys like because it, it goes up and up and up and up yeah. again, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it's really really hard to sing that song in yeah. karaoke and stuff. But uh, as Mr. Big as a band, I don't, I've never known anything about them. Are they Swedish or something? Or? No, they're American. Are they're they? From, they're from Los from Angeles. LA. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are hard rock, soft rock, and glam rock. <laughs> they cover all the bases. Yeah, I think I think they're yeah, filling right. out their own. They're filling out their own Wikipedia's. I think here. <laughs> you the, think so? The worst yeah. name for a, a band. Yeah, oh, that's a horrible right? name. Yeah. I know. You think immediately of a criminal, really, don't you? Like that, but uh... yeah, or a chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final pick of the one-hit wonder category goes to JD. Last pick here. Uh, I've still got so many on my list. I got Possum Kingdom. I got Sex and Candy. I Touch Myself. Mm. But I'm going with a song that I actually truly do love. And uh, this is an amazing uh, scenario, I guess, because the Pixies, one of my favorite bands in high school, the coolest of the cool bands ever, never had a hit. They're they're a no-hit wonder. But Kim (laughs) Deal, who was in the Pixies, went on and she she started this side project called the The Breeders, and they released Cannonball, which reached number 44 on the Billboard Top 100. And I love this album. I love the song. And it's, it's, uh, it's just a great song. And, it, and it's just came out in 1993, sort of right in the middle of the alternative slash grunge uh, era. And it just sums up the 90s music for me. So I'm going Cannonball by the Breeders. Oh, wow. Awesome wow. song, awesome guitar riff in this song. Oh, yeah. It starts off with a mistake as well. Uh, her sister or whoever's playing bass is is in the wrong key. Like it starts do 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 do, and then it goes. She's half a step wrong, right? So this is just super geeky, but the, but they left it in, right? The, oh. Which I loved. It was just so like real. it was the very Lee Ellis. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it was the nineties, JD. That'll do. Yeah, didn't exactly. have time. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Cannonball. By the breeders. That's my pick. All right. Was there anything else uh, that was in the running? I I I actually was very close to taking. I, I probably would have if I didn't have the number one pick. Um, remember OMC's "How Bizarre"? Oh, yeah. I listened yeah. to it five times in a row yeah. this morning. That song it's... is legitimately good. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. It's so good. I, I listened to it again this morning too, and yesterday. And then Nora was starting to get upset with me. Uh, <laughs> but it is. And I started reading the backstory to that song, Trey. I don't know how much you know about it. I mean, it's. That guy died like super young. The guy, the, the the main singer, and he did it with his brothers. He's from New Zealand. It was like the number yep. one selling song ever from New Zealand, probably pre Lord and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a it's weird how that song that song has a a million different like musical genres in it too. Yeah. Like mariachi ba- band vibe to it, and sort of got a reggae vibe. And oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, I, but, I I had uh, right here right now by Jesus Jones on my, yeah. on my list. Mm. So it was a good song. I was going to go with the uh, only uh, royalty from the music category and uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, his classic from uh, yes. 1992. <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah, I had that in the running. I had that in the running. Um, okay, it's interesting you bring up Sir Mix-a-Lot because that was definitely on my list too as a one-hit wonder. But then I started thinking about Hanson, Mbop, and Laura yeah. tells me 
Hanson still has fans. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's that's crazy to me. I mean, surely they do. If you're if you hear of a Hanson concert and you liked Mbop, you're probably gonna go. But to me, they're still one hit wonder. So my question to you guys, if there was a 2020 concert and there was a Hanson concert and a Sir Mix a Lot concert, who's getting more fans? Ah, <laughs> oh, Hanson, I would say. Uh, I would say Hanson, Hanson well. yeah. just because of how much more uh, yeah how them as an entity like appearing on <laughs> magazine covers and stuff being like sort of a you know a, a young girl's like sex symbol right sure. um i i would guess them over yeah. uh, <laughs> sir mix a lot i think yeah. it's a better show than mixy <laughs> you think so yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think well, that that was a question i didn't think i was going to be asked <laughs> <laughs> so i'm really stumped right now i'm gonna, I, I'm gonna get one last one as well. Does anyone does anyone remember the song by D Light called "Groove Is in the Heart"? Of course. Oh yeah, oh, that was yeah. a great song. Too. Is that in the nineties? Yeah, like nineteen ninety. Really? Oh yeah. okay. I was going to say that feels yeah. like an eighties song. That's such a funky song. That's that's awesome. <laughs> such a funky song. All right, all right. Well, we could talk music all day here. Let's go to the third round. Our third category. It's the nineties pop culture fad. Trey, you have the first pick. Yeah, and Jake did a great job of shouting out a few things that I considered, chief among them, pogs and baggy jeans, most mm-hmm. specifically Jinko jeans, because those yep. to me are two fads that scream 90s, but I kind of feel like those are more for kids and teenagers. I needed something that permeated the culture from two-year-olds to 92-year-olds. I'm talking, of course about Beanie Babies. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Beanie Babies were so weird. Beanie Babies were so weird. They were kids' toys that eventually my grandma had a hundreds deep collection, hopefully to sell them eventually, you know, like 20 years down the line, which would be now. We now have all of those Beanie Babies, and my kids are just, like, cutting their hair off and that kind of thing. You know, Beanie (laughs) Babies were on top of the world for about three years, and then instantly people were like, these are stuffed animals. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I I absolutely absolutely remember the Beanie Babies craze like with yeah my mom wasn't actually that into them but I remember like our next door neighbors family was and stuff exactly like you're saying god they are weird they're literally just tiny toys with like pellets in it plastic pellets in them right that's it oh yeah so they exactly. were beans the beans yeah they're beans yes yeah. instead of plastic <laughs> pellets yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, I that's guess interesting because um, I've never actually held babies. one before. Like I, I didn't know that that's what it was. That's it all. Everything has just snapped into focus for me because I never made the connection that Beanie Babies were bean bags. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they definitely they were uh, a little more. They were different than your normal stuffing at the time, right? <laughs> of a of a toy. Okay. Mm. Did you? So did anybody here have? Uh, Either their families or themselves, like, we're trying to get those exclusive, expensive Beanie Babies. The biggest one to track down, uh, at least where I was, was Tabasco the Bull, because it looked like the Chicago Bulls mascot, and originally it was named Tabasco, but, you know, copyright infringement, they had to change it to Snort, but if you could track (laughs) down a Tabasco the Bull, you were going to make $40, maybe? (laughs) 40 whole dollars? Oh my god, I'm looking at some list now telling me that if I had, uh, I don't know, if I had Pinchers, which was like a little lobster beanie baby, it's worth $35,000 still. What? 
Yeah. What? Like, come on. Still? I don't know if this is real. Rainbow. There's like a dinosaur that was sort of rainbow colored. 50,000 it could get you. Man. There is wow. a Jerry Garcia uh, Beanie Baby that I would love to track down because we have the, the second version of it. It's called Peace. Not quite as cool. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm looking at a little Peace Bear right now. Psychedelic mm-hmm. looking bear. Yeah. Well, $60,000. Cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, they... So, but this was their whole, this was the whole thing with Beanie Babies, right? It was just like, make, I don't know, make a hundred of them or whatever, 500 of them and just to drive up the cost, right? Right. Yeah. I think that's pretty sure. Like, that's what they did at the beginning for sure. And then mm-hmm. things got out of hand and then I'm sure there was knockoffs and everything. Oh, okay. Beanie Babies, man. That screams 90s. Holy moly. All right. Second pick in the pop culture fad goes to Tess. The second pick in the pop culture fad of the entire decade of the 1990s. I found this extremely difficult. But I'm going to go with the choker. (laughs) Nice one. Yeah. Commonly worn by uh, young women. I I think really... the best part about it, it doesn't matter what you wear on the rest of your body. You're cool because you're wearing a choker. And I like the fact that uh, the choker also sort of loops in the, you know, the grunge music era. That was that was mm-hmm. huge in the yep. 90s. And um, it's, uh, I, 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 don't, I still don't, like, first of all, I, I, I obviously loved women who wore them. Um, but yeah. men could wear <laughs> them as well. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think it'll come back. I think it sort of has come back. I don't know. Yeah, they're on the way back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So why the heck not? The old choker. The choker. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a it's companion fashion piece. The leather bracelet that men were wearing with a little stud on it or something. Shout out to Matt Austin. Yeah. He was rocking like three or four of those at one point. Yeah. But the I, choker, a lot of variety in the choker. It could just be a straight black band. You know, it didn't have oh, to yeah. be a... The lace version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if you're I, I think sensual. Of, Reese Witherspoon for some reason when you say Choco like she just I don't know just like she seemed to have one in the 90s a lot I think I had a crush on her too (laughs) (laughs) she's come back too she's doing great yeah she's killing it okay the Choker we get our first um, little piece of fashion equipment or fad put Mm -hmm. into the caboodle so Lee you have the third pick here with the third pick in the pop culture fad I'm also going to the fashion world and I'm going to the early early 90s because uh, this item was made famous by MC Hammer in his one hit one day you can't touch this I'm rocking a big old pair of happy pants <laughs> now these were probably bigger in North America I'm guessing in the early 90s I didn't really take off in Australia until a few years later about 93 94 but once they hit everyone had them I had multiple <laughs> pairs and they were comfortable they were comfortable and colourful and, uh, and they sort of seemed to go with anything and for about two, three, four years <laughs> what there, you go with anything. What are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, they they were cool, and uh, yeah, I just I rocked them, and then all of a sudden they just seemed to go away. It was incredible how they just seemed to. Everyone seemed to decide one day, that's it. I'm done with happy pants. Around '96, '97. <laughs> And they were never to be seen again. So you you called them happy pants. Happy yeah, pants. yeah, yeah. See, I'm what like, do you call them? Well, hammer pants, and then sometimes people call them like parachute yeah. pants. I remember. Yeah, yeah. no, they they were happy pants in Australia. I guess because everyone was happy wearing a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I love them. Fascinating. 
Yeah, that's a fascinating pick. I don't. <laughs> I honestly don't really think of them as a '90s thing either. I, but I guess they, they definitely were being worn in the '90s. You're not yeah. wrong about that. But when was it? When did MC Hammer come around? Was well, he? 1990. That was was he? Um, okay, yeah, because I, I remember him as the birth of the 90s. Him and Vanilla Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I mean, obviously, them and Wilson Phillips as well. Um, but when when uh, you know when you think of, of MC Hammer, he he's a classic one hit wonder man, and he's got the dance and he's got the happy pants. It's like it all comes together. Well, actually, Lee, Too Legit to Quit was a pretty big hit, as I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's MC Hammer is not a one-hit wonder. you got to well, pray just to make one, it today. He's one and a half, then. Give him one and a half. Come on. <laughs> I was praying with MC Hammer. I was too legit to quit, and I was making the hand sign like I'm Dave Coulier. Too legit to quit. It's hard to do, too. I remember trying it, and it was just like it was too fast for me. I couldn't get the two... <laughs> to the the quit, you know what I mean? The two, like, yeah. two, the two, two to the, the L, L to the two to the quit. Well, there's the slow part, too legit, too yeah. legit, and, and then yeah. there's the fast part, which is really too legit to quit saying. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. That's tough. So you got to stay in your lane, MC. Stay in your lane, man. <laughs> I thought he did a pretty good job of staying in his lane. Sometimes he was telling you you can't touch things. Sometimes he was saying to quit touch things. <laughs> let's uh, let's not forget. Uh, uh, Adam's Groove as well, which appeared on the Adams Family motion picture soundtrack. Oh. It was actually a bit of a hit for MC. <laughs> um, okay, so you're taking happy pants slash hammer pants slash mm-hmm. parachute pants slash baggy pants, whatever you want to call them. Um, JD of the fourth pick in pop culture. With the fourth pick in the pop culture fad category, I am going to go with. Just a straight up bucket hat. Give me a bucket mm, hat. Okay. Mm. I wore one all the way, uh, I guess, 91, 92, maybe 93. It kept the sun off my neck and my forehead. It was comfortable <laughs> as hell. And uh, now that I'm, uh, I'm an older gentleman, I want, I want to have one again. Maybe I'll just get one. Are they coming back? Please tell me they're yeah. coming back. Well, Dennis Scott has brought them back for sure. He loves <laughs> a good bucket hat. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I still like bucket hats too. And you know, uh, berets are certainly getting most of the praise in The Last Dance, but you can still see Ron Harper wearing a bucket hat yep. in the background <laughs> yeah, a lot yep. of these episodes. Yeah, it looks good. Some people could pull off the bucket hat, others could not, yeah. myself included. Mm. But I can't wear any hat really, so. <laughs> Okay, Buckethead. You guys are, wow, you guys are going um, heavy with the fashion picks here in the pulp culture fad category. All right, I got the final one. I'm going to go away from fashion. You guys have knocked it out of the park. I need, um, I need to check something with you guys if you'll allow this, though. This product came out in the summer of 89 and then exploded in popularity in the 90s. That's fine. <laughs> Is That's this fine? fine? <laughs> okay, okay. So I just want to clarify that. I am then taking the Game Boy. Wow. Yes. Give me a Game Boy. First off, I would be pumped if I opened up that time capsule and there's a Game Boy with a little Tetris <laughs> in there, maybe a little Pokemon, whatever. Let's play it. I'm just playing it right away. But, uh, man, I love, you know, with the time capsule, technology, fashion, too, is huge. It's just like, wow, that's what they were playing with? That was the technology at the time? This thing? This 8-bit, whatever, like, gray-green screen? And this was fun? Oh, my God. I mean, that was... I remember asking my mom time and time again for a Game Boy. They weren't cheap at the time. 
the, mm-hmm. you know, the no. little <laughs> tiny little Game Boy there. I mean, I had a system, so I was I was fine there. I had the NES, but uh, and then eventually a Sega. But you had to play yeah. something while you were walking upstairs, though. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what's the sim- knockoff version of the Game Boy that your mum might have bought you, like when you got the, uh, the Green Day album? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it would be called. And I'm sure it was out there. Actually, I was reading an article uh, about people who have hacked old Game Boys and put in new whatever uh, chips, new new uh, sure new new motherboards in there, yeah. so you could play great games from from today but i don't know i think i wouldn't want to i almost picked a game boy as well skeets i wouldn't want to go game boy i'd want to go game boy color which was mm-hmm. the the second version it was that was awesome you could play some donkey kong on that thing toss some barrels yeah sure. no for sure i i mean just tetris still is fun oh, yeah. um and play that super mario land right i guess too and you had some sports games some generic sports games i remember <laughs> on that thing I don't know. Maybe a, I think I would go with the classic-looking gray Game Boy, mm-hmm. uh, which is mm-hmm. like you know your magenta buttons or whatever you want to call it. But I also remember the fad of like transparent things. Oh yeah, uh, like you could see through and see the motherboard and see like the workings. Like remember that? Like remember like you could buy. I remember we had a phone like that. Um, it felt like there was like this stretch there where everything that had you know technology in it had to went transparent or whatever you yeah, call it. Yeah, sure. You know it's a premium product if you can actually see the chips inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about ready to track down my clear purple Game Boy Color somewhere downstairs oh. in the house. I think it'd be a fun way to pass the time. Oh Gotta my. catch all those Pokemon blues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything okay, so Game clear. Boy. Even, even Crystal Pepsi, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> How does that uh, was, Pepsi work? <laughs> was, was there anything else in the mix? I thought long and hard about just taking the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, functional, but, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. Speak, speaking of seeing things, remember those like the things where you had to sort of lock your eyes onto something and, yeah, a, and the an 3D image would pictures. Yeah. Oh, magic eye or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. Oh, yeah. They were incredible. Like when you couldn't get them, and then one day finally you got one. It was like you just wanted to see every single one after that because I remember like for ages I was like I can't see anything, and then one day it just popped out, and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. This it's is like incredible. magic. It's yeah. like magic. See, for me, I could always make it pop out and then have literally no clue what the picture was. I was mm. like, well, there are two layers here. Something's sticking out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a schooner. <laughs> I forgot about magic eyes. Yeah, those were, those were big. You're right. Um, all right. Well, before we draft our 90s VHS movie, I wanted to tell you guys about Sunday Scaries. A specially formulated CBD gummy with vitamins D3 and B12 that are super consumable and easy to take on the go. They help in all sorts of ways, especially quieting your mind, which is sometimes something I struggle with. Uh, You know, you ever get that thing, guys, where you lie down in bed at night, maybe you just got a lot on your mind, you're thinking ahead to the next day, you're thinking ahead to what's coming up in the week, and you're just like, you can't relax. Just like that, I gotta hate that feeling. This is where the Sunday Scary CBD gummies help out. I've taken them, it works. Get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com. And enter the code NODUNKS when it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you. Go to sundayscaries.com and use the code NODUNKS. More than 37 million people in the United States, including 11 million children, struggle with hunger. And as the COVID-19 outbreak continues, they need your help now more than ever. 
As the nation's largest hunger relief organization, the Feeding America network of food banks is committed to serving communities, families, and children facing hunger in America wherever they are. You can be there for your neighbors in need by donating now at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Okay, our fourth category. I thought this was the most difficult category to uh, ultimately decide. The VHS movie that you're putting in your time capsule from the 90s. Tass, you have the first pick. Yeah, it was tough. But with the VHS movie from the 1990s, for the first pick, with the first pick, I am taking the 1994 comedy starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, <sighs> Dumb and Dumber. Mm, scooped! <laughs> Oh, man. I, yeah. I knew it wouldn't slip for, to number four. It feels for good. We're at the phone booth. What's her name? I'll look her up. Sammy. Oh, Sammy Swami. <laughs> Just check the suitcase. Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. Uh, yeah, just uh, some great stupid lines. The, the licking of the pole on the ski lift. That John Denver's full of <laughs> man. You know, lots, lots of great stuff. It's so funny. And like the the throwaway lines or scenes that are in the movie for no reason are just some of the fun. Like when he sees the guys <laughs> drinking uh, Big Gulps. Like no, no real point to that at all. Ah, Big Gulps. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and then he sees them. He's going to the washroom. He's going to the back at one point, uh, Jim, Car- Jim Carrey's character. And he, uh, he sees the man walked on the moon. Like, remember, there's like a newspaper, and he like stops and stares at it, and he's like, "I just like love those little throwaway things for no reason." Ah, oh, that's a great pick. And like, holy crap, 1994, yeah, for Jim Carrey with Ace Ventura, The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber in like a 12 month period. My God, I'm not sure if this is true, but quick uh, research told me that Jim Carrey made seven million dollars on Dumb and Dumber, while Jeff Daniels made only fifty thousand. Oh, what? That seems a little nuts, but 50, almost thousand. Yeah, that I don't can't know. Can't be right. I don't know. I don't know. Five hundred thousand, maybe. <laughs> sort of, I guess. Believe. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, that's a great pick, Tess. Mm-hmm. Going with a classic comedy. Nineteen ninety four is Dumb and Dumber. All right. Uh, I, I think you maybe one you made one mistake though, Tass. You probably should have drafted Mrs. Doubtfire, and then you could have <laughs> traded it down uh, to Lee. But Lee, you have the second pick. Are you going with Robin Williams? <laughs> With the second pick in the VHS movie, I'm going with the heartwarming story of a father of three. His wife leaves him and takes custody of their kids. So he did what any man in that situation would do. He dressed himself up as a grandmother. And he became the kids after school nanny, whilst also trying to win his wife back. It's the 1993 classic, Mrs. Doubtfire. There it is. There it is. You must have been so happy, uh, Lee, when you saw you had the second pick in this category. Well, you know... Probably I was pretty a, confident Tass wasn't going to take well, it. Well, I was pretty confident, but I wasn't 100% sure. You know, they might have... Uh, I thought Tass might have scooped me on it, but yeah, what a great movie. I wasn't even a big Robin Williams fan at the time, but boy, did that movie turn me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and Sally Field in there as well. So, I mean, it was just perfect for me. Did you, ha- did you have it on VHS? No, I don't think no? so. No, no, no. I remember I just 
watching the cinema with uh, some friends and I was like, ah, Robert Williams, I don't really like him. And at the end of it, I was just like, re- like revisiting every scene in the movie on the way home. They're like, all right, Lee, we get it. <laughs> you fell in love instantly, eh? With oh, I did. Like, I did. Wow. I just I just couldn't stop laughing. I mean, because people, a lot, you know, Robert Williams was so big in the 80s yeah. uh, and everyone was like, oh, he's got some great movies. And I was like, ah, I just don't find him that funny. And then, uh, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire was the big turning point for me and Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you've watched it on every flight uh, yeah. you've taken since well it's funny you know because it was on delta flights and then they took it off and then it came back last year so delta obviously realized there's a big market still out there for it yeah. <laughs> all right that's uh that's a no-brainer lead taking yeah. mrs doubtfire jd of the third pick all right, with the third pick of the 90s VHS movie category, I have at least 20 films on my mm. list here. Yeah. Mrs. Delphire was not on there. Dumb and Dumber <laughs> was on there. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to... I was thinking of going something that's quintessentially 90s because it's a time capsule, uh, but I'm actually going to go with one of my favorite movies out of the 90s, one of my favorite movies of all time, Sorry, Skeets. I'm going with Rushmore. Oh, God. Came out in 1998. Wes Anderson's second feature. I still think it's his best movie. Uh, at this point, he was still, he was just dabbling in whimsy. He wasn't, yep. he didn't go all <laughs> all the way into whimsy. Uh, so with with that one foot that's still still sitting in uh, in reality, I think it strikes a perfect balance. The cast, the writing, the directing, the editing, the production design, maybe the greatest soundtrack of all time. Across the board, it's as close to a perfect movie as you're ever going to get, and it's one of the best things to come out of the 90s. I'm going with Rushmore. My God, you guys are just crossing. uh, I'm crossing off my list because of your picks here. That's a great selection. Uh, yeah, are you a Bottle Rocket fan, JD? Too, I, 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 I did like uh, Bottle, Bottle Rocket yeah, a lot, so do I. but I, I think Rushmore is just it, like I said. It's if I had a list of uh, of perfect movies, Rushmore is near the top of it. I yeah. mean, it's just and it's so rewatchable as well. It's just it's just great. I love it. It's, I don't remember it's laughing more in high school at the "Oh, are they?" line, yeah, no, yeah. or Bill Murray just walking across the basketball court and yeah. swatting a kid as he's going by. <laughs> oh, so good! Yeah, you and I have debated before, JD. What's Wes Anderson's best movie? Like, I'm a big Royal Tenenbaums fan, yeah. but I, I understand though. You, it is a little, it's a little too zany. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, the, the more I watch the Royal Tannenbaums, the more I like it. I think it's yeah. aged very well. Um, yeah. But uh, but Rushmore is just a classic. I it's just classic. love it. It's classic. Okay, that's that's a great pick. Great pick. Uh, wow. All right, this is going to be a lot more difficult than I thought it might be. Uh, I have the fourth pick, and I'm scrambling a little bit here. Dumb and Dumber. I thought, okay, that's probably going to be taken. But I thought Rushmore would slip to me. And it's gone. So where do I go, guys? Do I? Oh. Okay. Give me 1993's Jurassic Park. <clears throat> Good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, this was tough. It's like, do you go with a movie you really like and you would want to watch if you opened up that time capsule? Or do you go with something, like you said, GD, that really encapsulates that decade? And uh, I guess now I'm veering towards that, the latter. Jurassic Park, such a 90s movie. Still a damn good movie. If it's yeah. on, I'm watching it. And, it. and it holds up. And, you know, there's some funny scenes. It's obviously was just monumental at the time. The dinosaurs, just the look of them. 
And even that part, I would I would argue, even watching today, you go, that still looks pretty damn awesome, right? Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You're not cringing at, at how it looks by any means. Um, so there's I had a lot of other ones in the running here, but uh, Jurassic Park. And you got Jeff Goldblum on my team. Oh, I'm feeling good about yep. that. Yep. So uh, 93s, JP. Great pick. Gone. Yeah, Try- Laura always tells a story. She went when she was, I guess, nine years old when it first came out, and there was a bunch of older kids sitting behind her. And any time a T-Rex would come on stage, they would just shake her chair. Oh. Super. <laughs> so she hates this Damn. movie. She hated it. But then they re-released it in 2013. I was like, we got to go. We got to go see it. It'll be so much fun to see in theaters. We went. I started shaking her chair anytime that the T-Rex came, and she's like, I still hate this movie. It's still scary. It holds up. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's really mm-hmm. scary. It is. It is. It's scary, but there's some funny scenes, and it's like, it does make you think of like just the obviously the the, the plot line of the movie. Like, wow, what if what if we could do that? Is that wrong? Would you should you do that? So it's got everything. So hey, and it's so, a good book too. I, I read the book a couple point. of years before it came out, and I was like, how are they going to pull this off? And it's the the it's a really great a- adaptation, and and the Michael Crichton. It, it was a great book. I loved it. All right, Trey, you have the fifth and final pick here in the VHS movie from the 90s. A lot of movies left, a lot of classics. You know, Pulp Fiction, probably my favorite Mm. movie of the 90s. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. still out there. Uh, Toy Story, I thought, was huge. The change in animation and just the change Mm -hmm. in story. Welcome to the world, Pixar. That's a great one. Also love Clueless. Austin Powers is out there, but ultimately... I got to take a movie that is emblematic of the 90s. I got to take a movie that when you get it on VHS, you're getting two VHS. I'm going with Titanic. Mm. Oh, yeah. late 90s, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that thing's like a brick because it's, uh, <laughs> what, like five and a half hours long, so each VHS is two and a half hours. Um, but, you know, it looks great. Uh, I haven't watched Titanic for a long time. I remember it being very long and slow. Um <laughs> And it probably still is, but this is a super 90s movie. If you open up a time capsule, you see Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet in there. You got that brick of a movie. You're all right. Mm -hmm. I definitely own that thing. Yeah, that that was great. Kate Winslet, I mean, Leo was a star. You know, not not a superstar at the time, but a star. But that certainly launched Kate Winslet into uh, a megastar from there. She was brilliant in that role, I thought, too. (laughs) Billy Zane. I thought thought the boat was was brilliant in Titanic. Uh, That's a good pick. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you threw Toy Story in there. That was in the running for me. Home Alone? I mean, Mm -hmm. I thought long and hard about it, you know, coming out at the beginning of the decade. Uh, Hoop Dream. Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas, Fight Club. I mean, Shawshank Redemption. Um, There's so many damn good movies. Good decade for movies, that's for sure. It really was. really was. Uh, Let's hear from you guys out there. Hashtag No Dunks. Which movie are you taking from the 90s? VHS copy. All right, let's let's wrap this up. A little basketball theme to this final one. Finally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're drafting a '90s NBA jersey, and, and again, I want specifics. I'd like to, I'd like to know the number and the player on the back of it. So, Lee, you have the first pick in this category. Yes, with the first pick in the '90s NBA jersey, there were so many to choose from here, and I was trying to figure out which is the best one because when you got the first pick, you want to make sure you get the best one, yeah. and I really couldn't decide on what was the best jersey, so I decided to go with a spike pick. And I'm choosing 
the Raptors inaugural jersey. Really, because wow. I thought, I know Skeets or Tass are probably going to take it. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to scoop one of them on that. I'm glad I've got uh, a couple of people there upset. So yeah, I'm going with the, the white jersey and I'm going with a Mighty Mouse on the back, yeah. number 20. I've got to go with Stoudemire. Um, it's the same jersey that Kyle, Laura, Kyle Lowry wore at the uh, championship celebration last year. It's a beautiful jersey. looks great. Come back really well. And uh, I can see rocking that with a pair of my beautiful happy pants. Just watching Mrs. <laughs> they go with anything. Happy pants go with anything. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely do. For sure they do. So, yep. Raptors inaugural jersey is off the board. Oh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, especially after taking Jurassic Park. I wanted to really tie those two together. But it's gone. All right. Spite pick from Lee. Uh, JD, you have the next pick in this category. <laughs> All right. With the second pick. Well, let me ask you this. Is Raptors off the board then? Yes. Uh, I think so. You yeah, can't take a be. purple, let's say, or something like that. I think it's got to be off the board. All right. In that case, I'm going to go 1994 Celtics. It's classic, pretty much timeless. It still holds up. I'd wear it to the pool. Why not? Uh, I have no idea who was playing on the Celtics in 1994, <laughs> so just give me a name and a number, and I'll throw that on there. What do we got you want a Dino Raja? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one I thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what number is that? Number forty. I think. Oh, there you yeah. Perfect. If you want Perfect. a Canadian tie? Throw a fox on the back. Oh, Rick, 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 okay, yeah. Fox. Give me a fox. What's the number? Forty-four. Uh, he was forty. Forty-four. Yeah, he, yeah. He was still there. Rick then. Fox, uh, ninety-four Celtics. Yeah. Uh, yeah so Dee that's Brown. funny. <laughs> D, D Brown was on the team still then. JD. Who? D Brown <laughs> again. Who? Uh, well, you know, you, you know, so you can't take the Raptors. I, I agree with uh, the Dino logo, but in '99, well, that's what changed. I was going to say. The Raptors, uh, uh, when, uh, the Raptors, Raptors are off are, the board. Raptors are off jerseys. the board. Nah. Yeah, that's true. That's a different jersey, but that's a, yeah, you want to take that. That's jersey? a boring jersey. God, no, I I think it's yeah. a great jersey. Wow. Yeah. Yes, listen, the, the Raptors were, were four years old in 1999. Yeah. No longer a toddler, so you lose yeah. the Raptor. Yeah, it's just okay, a simple okay. classic, and you give me Vince Carter, number 15. Okay, let's. I'm, I'm totally fair with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, all right. I'm taking that. Well, one. I'm taking that I will one. say I don't like the Celtics picks because like. I get it. They had jerseys in the 90s, but it's like basically been the same jersey for yeah. 60 years. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Just take, okay. Just, AJD, take the Orlando Magic pinstripes. I, someone I else hey, shut up over there. Yeah. Shut so up, Lee. Take, make it a spite pick. Jesus. Now, I'm taking the 99 Vince Carter uh, Raptors uh, away jersey, the purple. Okay. I like okay. That. So Lee has the white dino Damon Stoudemire from yeah. the inaugural season. And then, like you said, JD, you've got the later 90s. Vince Carter, fifteen, purple. I assume. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And okay. I, I kind of, I hated that they called the team the Raptors back then when they did it, but it's yeah. it's honestly grown on me over the years. Yeah. And the the as time has gone on, the connection with Jurassic Park is actually has turned out to be pretty cool. It's aged way better than I thought it would. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm I mean, yeah, this. definitely, probably aged better than the Mighty Ducks. Right, uh, and I sorry Trey. I know you're a big Ducks fan, but uh, even they dropped the mighty part of it pretty yeah, quickly. Just ducks now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I have the third pick in the '90s NBA jersey category, and uh, Lee was trying to uh, trying to get JD to scoop it from me. He was being a real jerk about it, but it's still there. I will take the Orlando Magic. 
I'm going to go black pinstripes, and I want a Penny Hardaway. Love my man Shaq, but I loved Penny. Give me the number one. Always a great jersey number to have on a jersey, too. The straight up one. So, yeah, I'm not overthinking this. Definitely one of the best. I had the Raptors in the mix, too. I had a few others. I won't say them. I'm sure they'll be selected here. But uh, white or black. You can't go wrong with either of these. Or blue, for crying out loud. Mm. I don't even Yeah, I don't even know. Hmm, which one do I like more? Should I change it to blue? Yeah, you know what? I'll change it to blue. Mm. I'm going the blue pinstripes. I like them all, honestly. But uh, the, the, the logo's so perfect, just the Orlando or with, with the little star as the A there. Um, Pinstripes are 90s, too. They just screaming 90s. Totally, 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 totally. Okay, so blue, Magic Pinstripes, Hardaway number one. Trey, you got the fourth pick. With the fourth pick in the 90s NBA jersey round, I'm going with number one on my draft board, Larry Johnson's number two Mm. teal Charlotte Hornets jersey. Teal to me is such a 90s color. You know, we had the Vancouver Grizzlies were also teal, the Florida Marlins, the Miami Dolphins, though I suppose they started way back in the day. But teal in the 90s, uh, they just go hand in hand. And Larry Johnson is kind of like the most 90s guy who stuck around with the Hornets for a while. That's uh, I had it on my list too. Can't argue that one. And if I had to pick a Hornets player from that era, yeah, I take I take LJ over over Muggsy and, and Alonzo Mourning, too. Yeah, Muggsy is the one that's interesting. Because Alonzo, to me, you think of him, sure, he was a Hornet, but you think of him as a Heat. Uh, yeah. But Muggsy, it's like, I mean, the guy was so 90s that he showed up in Space Jam. So yeah. a, he's got an argument for sure. But Larry Johnson, you know, he had he had the fade. He had the little line shaved into his head. He had the gold tooth. Grandmama, who could forget that? Very yeah. 90s. Oh, yeah. He, he was the Hornets' first real big star, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Tass, you have the fifth and final pick. With the fifth and final pick of the 90s retro jerseys, the beauties are off the board. But I'm going to stay with that color palette that Trey just mentioned. I'm going teal, the Detroit Pistons. It's a 33 Grant Hill with a big horse on the front uh, and, uh, and the Pistons scripture written way from the from the left side to the right side basically taking up the whole jersey and it's <laughs> it's big g hill there uh the great grand hill who uh a magnificent player despite all the injuries that he had to fight through so uh, you know it's it's a little cartoony which i don't really love that horse to be honest but the teal overrides that for me because yeah right. I, I definitely think teal i definitely think pinstripes so Gimme Grant, number thirty-three. Grant Hill. Uh, others in the mix. I mean, what about the Grizzlies, Vancouver Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah. maybe on somebody's mm-hmm. list. It's a great one. Yeah. Trey, I thought yeah. you might go with the Phoenix Suns. No, you love that sort of the orange burst that came in there early nineties. Absolutely. Uh, a Barkley Suns was on the list, as yeah. was maybe an Oliver Miller Suns. So somebody <laughs> went with uh, Barkley from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, any other ones in the mix there? Uh, Sean Kemp's uh, 1996 green Sonics jerseys. Uh, I know that most people think uh, the Archway is the classic one, but that that predates the 90s for me, whereas, you know, the darker green was really when they embraced their 90s hood. Totally. The Flo Joes, the uh, Pacers Flo Joes are pretty sexy. Yeah, yeah. So many, so many good 90s jerseys. Maybe the best decade for NBA jersey design, some say. All right, well, let's recap our 90s time capsules here we'll go in the order 
of uh, our first round. So, JD, take us through your 90s time capsule. All right. Uh, my 90s People magazine cover, I'm going with December 29th, 1997, the double issue, 25 most intriguing people of 1997. You got a princess die, you got a jewel, you got a Bill Clinton, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my one hit wonder, I'm going with Cannonball by the Breeders. The cultural fad, I would like a bucket hat in my <laughs> time capsule. And uh, my VHS 90s movie is Rushmore, the classic Wes Anderson sophomore effort. His, uh, a perfect movie in my mind. And my, uh, my NBA jersey, thank you to everybody for allowing this. The uh, 1999 <laughs> Raptors road jersey with the name Carter on the back and the number 15 as well. Excellent. All right, my time capsule from the 90s. My People Magazine cover, July 1996, Will Smith. He was, uh, at that time, pitching his role in Independence Day, but that guy was the 90s, baby. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all those movies he starred in. Blockbusters. Will Smith, my People Magazine cover, celebrity. My one-hit wonder... Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping from 1997. The old I get knocked down, but I get up again. Oh, Danny boy, sure. Lager drink, sure, why not? My pop culture fad, Nintendo's Game Boy. Released in the summer of 89, but the guys were kind. <laughs> calling it a 90s, 90s pop culture fad. People were oh. nice in the 90s. That's right, that's right. Playing some Tetris on that bad boy. My VHS movie, after you guys uh, scooped me on a couple that I had on my list, Settled on, and I'm happy with it, Jurassic Park from 1993. And my 90s NBA jersey, give me number one Penny Hardaway of the blue Orlando Magic pinstripes. Pretty happy with that capsule. Trey, take us through yours. All right. We're going to January 1995 for my People magazine cover. It's Brad Pitt, the sexiest man alive. And we're keeping it sexy when it comes to the one-hit wonder. I took I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Because I shake my little tush on the catwalk. <laughs> Gotta be the only song that ever went number one with the word tush, tush. in it. <laughs> Maybe that should have been my fad, saying tush. But my fad was Beanie Babies. I'm throwing a Tabasco the Bull in there, my 90s VHS movie. You're getting a two for one because Titanic is a long. And my jersey... It's the original Charlotte Hornets teal jerseys. Number two, Larry Johnson. Okay. Tass. My 90s time capsule. <laughs> you want to read a great mag? Well, I've got Michael Bolton on the cover of my People magazine cover. My one-hit wonder is Eni Kamosi with Here Comes the Hot Steppa. My pop culture fad, the old choker everybody used to love to wear. And uh, my VHS movie. Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber, not Dumb and Dumberer, Dumb and Dumber, and my retro NBA jersey, the Teal Pistons, Grand Hill, 1990s capsule. Lily finishes off. Yeah, with the uh, People magazine cover, I'm going with November 22, 1993, with Mariah Carey and being a music sensation at 24, and a big you to Tommy Mottola for marrying my love I'll never get over that even though they only lasted four years and I'm happily married and a father of two myself but f*** you Tommy uh, my one hit wonder I'm going with the Hard Rock Supergroup from Los Angeles Mr. Biggs Smash from 1992 to be with you fantastic song 
while I'm listening to that song, I'm rocking out in a beautiful, big old, baggy parents a- pair of happy pants, made famous by MC Hammer. Reached Australian shores around 93-ish, sometime, something like that. In the afternoon, after a big day of dancing and rocking and grooving, I'm settling into the couch to watch a, a beautiful, heartwarming story about a man who dressed as a granny and okay. fooled his entire family, okay. Mrs. Doubtfire from 1993, and I'm... Pretty comfortable rocking my 1995 inaugural edition of the Raptors jersey with Damon Stoudemire, Mighty Mouse on the back. I'm having a great day when I go in my time capsule back wow. to the 90s. All right, all right. <laughs> Who had the best draft? Who did build the best 90s time capsule? And better yet, what would you have selected in each of those five rounds? Let us know on Twitter at NoDunksInc or use the hashtag NoDunks. You still have... A few hours to get your questions and comments in for this week's edition of Beach Steppin'. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll have that mailbag-only episode on Wednesday. Got our final No Buffs podcast recapping the last episode of Survivor Winners at War. That drops on Thursday. We got three hours to watch on Wednesday night of that finale. And on Friday... We will have a brand new film session. I almost think we should have to pick a, a movie from the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, uh, when did Eddie come out? Was that a 90s movie? Gotta I be. I think so. It has to be, right? I don't know. We gotta still uh, ultimately lock in the movie we're gonna watch for film session. But uh, if you've got a good suggestion from the 90s, let's make it from the 90s. Uh, a basketball movie, let us know. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, you gotta pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. <laughs> pray. Pray. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>